Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you went through a difficult time? Did you have to pray about that? How many of you would say right now? That's the last time I've went through a difficult time is right now. Amen. Some of you I know is going through a difficult time right now. And, uh, you know, in fact, somebody said that, you know, everybody in life is really in one of three positions. Number one, you're either right in the middle of a difficult time. Or number two, you just came out of a difficult time. Or number three, you're about to head in to a difficult time. Difficult times, seasons of life where you have trials and tribulations is a natural normal part of life. How many of you know that? It's a natural normal part of life. In fact, Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Verse 4 says, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance. Weeping and sorrow, mourning and painful times are in an unfortunate part of living life. I think about my, my, uh, my friend, uh, Brother Larry Myers, and he told us one time, he said, he said, you know, smile as often as you can and laugh as much as you can because there'll come a time where you wish you could smile or laugh. But, you know, difficult times are the normal part of the life, of, the, of, of any life. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter whether you're educated or not. Amen? Come on, y'all help me this morning. Now, why? Why? Have you ever wondered why we go through such difficult times in life? Let, let me just offer a couple of suggestions. First, our personal sinful choices and decisions. You know, listen, some difficulties that we experience in life are self-inflicted. We, we cause the difficulty in life. Let me give you an example. I can't blame God if I end up at Lafayette Parish Correctional Center if I choose to rob a bank. Come on, I can't blame that on the devil. That's on me. Come on, if you believe that, say amen. But sometimes the problems that we face are, are we, we bring that on ourselves by our own choices. In fact, Galatians 6 says, the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Now what this verse is saying is, I can't keep allowing my sinful nature to influence my decisions and then expect me to reap a harvest of great times. Come on, say amen right there, okay? It's called the law of sowing and reaping. If I make decisions that are based upon my sinful nature, I'm going to reap a harvest based upon those decisions. But the second reason I believe that we have, we go through difficult times in life is the unfortunate result of living in a fallen world. How many of you know we do live in a fallen world? And uh, we can't... You know, listen, we can't blame everything on Adam and Eve, but we can certainly blame some things on Adam and Eve. Amen? Romans 5.12 says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone for everyone's sin. Now, what this is saying basically is because of Adam's sin, the world became contaminated by sin. Adam and Eve let it in, so to speak. Because of sin, Adam's sin, people are filled. Their hearts are filled with lying, cheating, stealing, hatred, violence, and murder. That's a result of the sinful nature. Because of Adam's sin, our world is filled 
with evil sinfulness that causes us to experience many difficulties in life. See, some of our problems that we're facing right now are directly related to the fact that we're living in a fallen world. Right? As long as we're alive and we're living on this planet, we're going to have difficulties in life. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. A third reason that many suffer in life is the unseen spiritual battle we face. And, and I know you know this, but sometimes the problems we experience makes no natural sense at all. And the reason why it doesn't make any natural sense is because it's not a natural battle. It's a spiritual battle. 1 Peter 4 and 12, Peter says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Peter says we shouldn't be surprised at the fiery spiritual battles we face. Why? Because he tells us in chapter 5, he says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. There's an enemy out there. And sometimes we just need to be reminded that not all problems are natural problems. Sometimes some of our problems are spiritual problems that are, that are caused by the spiritual forces of darkness. Amen? In fact, whenever you go back to Adam and Eve, you, you, listen, Adam and Eve didn't make that decision on their own. The Bible tells us that their decision was influenced by the serpent himself. Go back and read Genesis 3 and you'll see the very fall of man came about in the influence of the adversary. Now listen, things have not changed. That same enemy that was there when Adam and Eve were in the garden is the same enemy that lives in Lafayette, Louisiana and is trying to disrupt and try to harm you and I. Amen? And finally, a fourth source of trials and tribulations is the prophetic times and seasons we're living in. Paul prophetically warned Timothy. He said in 2 Timothy 3.1, he said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Now, how did Paul know that? It was a prophetic word. And so Paul predicted that difficult times would come as we get closer to the last days. In fact, if you read Matthew 24, Jesus explains further, and he gives us some clear signs that we can know that we're getting closer to the last days. He said these things are just going to be like birth pains. They're going, to, they're going to become more frequent, and they're going to become more intense. And he warns us, in the last days, there's going to be wars, there's going to be earthquakes, there's going to be famines, there's going to be natural disasters, there's going to be calamities of all sorts, including, in these signs, will be an increase of hate, wickedness, and people's love for one another will grow cold. Does that sound familiar to you? You know what? The Bible predicts that in the last days, this is what would happen. And so the question is, what is the last days the Bible is speaking about? Well, just simply, the last days the Bible speaks about is the time period just before Jesus returns to earth. I don't know if you've ever read that in your Bible, but Jesus is coming back. And if the Bible says Jesus is coming back, you better get your slippers on. Amen? Because he's coming back. Amen? First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 says this. 
For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are alive and remain will left. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. In other words, he's saying, listen, I'm coming to get you. Don't worry. Whenever the, whenever the seas get really rough, I'm going to come get you, okay? And so the Bible teaches us that Jesus is going to come back to get his church. And, but before that happens, we will continually become more and more, this world, in fact, will be more and more difficult to live in. Do y'all understand that, brothers and sisters? That we can pray for world peace and we can pray for everybody to get along, but it's not going to happen that way. Jesus already told us what's going to happen. It's going to get crazier and crazier. Amen? So these are just four reasons why we experience difficult times. Sometimes it's our own choice. We choose these difficulties. Sometimes it's just the result of living in this fallen world. It's kind of like we got to live in the pig pen and we get muddy sometimes. And then it's been, sometimes it's because it's that adversary. The devil hates the church. And as a Christian, he hates you. And so he will do everything he can to discourage you and to get you to cave in. And then finally, it's because of the prophetic season that we're living in. That's why we experience difficult times. And every trial, every problem, every difficulty that we're going through right now can probably be connected to one of these four things. Amen? Now, how do you make it through the difficult times? All right? That's what we really want to know, right? I mean, okay, thanks for telling me why, but how do I get past this? Well, let me just share with you some, some truth right out of the Scripture, some secrets to making it through difficult times. And these secrets are going to come right out of the Apostle Paul's life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have your Bible or your phone or iPad or whatever, you might want to turn there, but 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul gives us, a value, gives us some great insight on how to make it through a difficult time. What I love about the Bible is the Bible don't just record everything that was going good. It records the good, the bad, and the ugly. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes about his personal struggle. And in verse 7 he says, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. And concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I'm well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I draw strength just reading that. What about you? Now, in this passage of Scripture, Paul reveals a very personal struggle that was causing him to experience great difficulty in life, and he called it a thorn in his flesh. How many of you just thought about, so saw somebody's face just then when I said a thorn in the flesh? But Paul said, I had a thorn in my flesh. And what Paul was talking about was something was causing great difficulty in his life. 
We don't know exactly what that thorn was. It doesn't really tell us. Some people believe that, that it was a, a spiritual temptation. Some people believe that it was the persecution he was going through for preaching the gospel. Some people believe that it was some kind of health issue that Paul was experiencing. I, I don't really think it's so much important what the thorn was, but what he did about it. And so listen, nobody knows for sure what this thorn was. But what we do know is this, this thorn in his flesh was obviously a very serious problem. Now listen, if the Apostle Paul, who God used to write most of the New Testament, experienced difficult times, I can't expect to live this life tiptoeing through the tulips and not experiencing any difficulty in life. And neither should you. Amen? Now this thorn was obviously a great burden that caused him much distress and difficulty in life. And so how did Paul handle this difficult situation? Well, Paul gives us a couple of secrets here. Number one, he says that we need to turn, turn to the Lord through prayer during difficult times. Now that sounds so elementary, doesn't it? Turn to the Lord if you're going through a tough time. Should we say any more about that? Well, 2 Corinthians 12, 8, listen what Paul said. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. What was he praying? Lord, would you take this thorn away from me? The Bible says that he pleaded with the Lord, which means he called on. He invited him. He invoked him. He asked him to come near through prayer. And you know what Paul learned? He learned that when you go through difficult times, you need to lean heavily on the Lord with your problems and difficulties. And now listen, that would seem so obvious, but you know what I found in my own personal life is when I'm going through the difficulties of life, that's when I seem to forget that prayer works. Come on, I might be preaching to myself today, but listen, I think I'm not the only one in this room. You know, whenever I'm going through a difficult time, I'm just like, man, I want to go tell people about how terrible my life is instead of talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Well, listen, through prayer, you can get the Lord right in the middle of your difficulty. And how many of you know it's better to have the Lord right in the middle of what you're going through? Amen. And that's what prayer does. Have you prayed and asked God to help you with whatever difficulty you're facing right now? You see, the whole purpose of this point is just to remind us God is on the sideline waiting to help us and we need to ask Him to help. Amen? If you hadn't prayed about your difficulty, I want to encourage you to begin right now to begin to ask the Lord to help you. Amen? Jesus, I need your help. That sounds so elementary, but how many of you know that the Bible says if you call, He will answer. Amen? Now, when I think about the power of prayer, I think about like President Obama and the U.S. military. Now, you know, the U.S. has a military that is powerful. I mean, we have, we have these, uh, these, these drones that can fly with nobody in them and, and bomb up places. We got these stealth fighter planes and we got these tanks and we got these ships and we got, you know, people that know how to release scud missiles that, that intercept somebody that's trying to attack us. And we got these tremendous skilled warriors that are part of our U.S. Army and they sit on the sideline training until the commander in chief says, 
Hey guys, we're being attacked. We need y'all to protect us. Y'all go protect us. And all of a sudden, there's planes flying. There's ships sailing. There's, there's soldiers out there. And all of a sudden, this great military might comes to the occasion and comes against the adversary and fights for our safety and our protection. When I think about prayer... I think about being like the commander of chief and just saying, and we have all these heavenly, these heaven, this host of heaven, these angels that are sitting on the sideline that have been trained and assigned the command of the Lord to be at our side, to guard us, to protect us. And when we say, Jesus, would you help me? The commander in chief says, go get them, boys. Go get them. And all of a sudden, heaven opens up and things in the spirit realm begin to come and just help us to get through what we're going through. James 5, 16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Amen? Two things to remember when you pray. Paul's prayer was specific. He says in verse 8, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. What is your thorn in your flesh? What is your difficulty that you're facing? I encourage you to specifically pray and ask God for help. But Paul was also persistent. And look what it says there in verse 8. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. He didn't pray once. He prayed three times. Now why? Why did he, why did he stop at three times? I think it's because he received his answer after he prayed three times. But how many of you know sometimes it don't come that quickly? Amen? And so somebody said, you know, we need to learn how to pray the push prayer. The push prayer is pray until something happens. Amen? And I think sometimes we pray about things and we pray, we, we pray one time about it and nothing happens, so we just give up on that. And we just forget about it. But listen, Jesus said... In Matthew 7, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives. He who knocks, he who, well, for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Don't give up. Don't give up. Amen. I, I want to tell you one more story about persistent prayer. George Mueller. Anybody ever heard of George Mueller? He was a tremendous evangelist and missionary. And, the, and George Mueller had a prayer list and, and he would write down his prayer request and, and, and he had this log of prayers he prayed and answers to the prayer. And whenever George Mueller died, he, he specifically prayed for two friends that they would come to Christ. And one of those friends came to Christ the very last service George Mueller preached before he died. But he had one that wasn't saved yet. But do you know that friend came to Christ at his funeral? At his funeral. For 60 years he prayed for those two friends. Now, what am I trying to say to you? Some of you maybe are discouraged about where you are, but I want to encourage you. You got a father that loves you, that wants to help you, and he's got all the resources that you need, and you can invoke his name. You can ask him for help, and he's not a God that should lie, nor that he should repent. If he said, call upon me, I'm going to help you. He don't lie about that. He's going to help you right where you are. Amen? Amen. Yes, amen. We need to keep praying. The second secret is God, the Lord's pers- you got to get the Lord's perspective about your situation. And, and notice 
You know, what, what is getting the Lord's perspective? I believe it's just really seeing our situation from God's point of view. It's like getting a bird's, a spiritual bird's eye view of what you're going through. And, and I think Paul had that. And uh, three things we should look for is we need to look for God's purpose. Because how many of you know sometimes God's got a, a tremendous purpose in what we go through? 2 Corinthians 12.7 says, To keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. As Paul prayed about it, he began to get insight of the why he was going through what he was going through. And Paul realized that there was a purpose in this thorn in his flesh and that God was going to use that thing to, to help him to not get exalted in pride and arrogance. And so God was keeping him in a position in a place that God could use him. See, that's what Paul recognized. Here's an important point. As a child of God, we need to remember that God can and will bring out good out of everything we go through. He can and He will bring good out of everything that we go through. That's the kind of God that we serve. He can make lemonade out of lemons. Amen? That's why Paul could say in Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good. For those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. How many of you know God can work good out of what you're going through? Amen? But you got to get a proper perspective about what you're going through. Now, here's three good perspective questions to ask. Lord, what are you trying to tell me through this situation that I'm going through? What are you trying to tell me? See, if I'm in prison for robbing a bank and I say, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? I have an idea what He's going to tell me. Quit robbing banks, right? What are you trying to teach me through this situation? How many of you know you can learn the greatest lessons of life when you go through the most difficult times of life? In fact, the wisest people on the globe are people that have been through the, through the vice of affliction and they've come out on the other side with incredible wisdom and knowledge about life. Amen? But, but here's another. How can I grow from this experience? Listen, obviously not everything in life is good. Much in life is evil and bad. But God specializes in bringing good out of every circumstance and situation that we face in life. Do you all believe that? He can bring good out of it. You say, well, how can He? Well, that's what you need to pray about. Ask the Lord to show you. And God can give you perspective. The third secret to make it through difficult times is look for God's provision. Look for God's provision. As Paul prayed about his thorn in his flesh, the Lord was faithful to speak a word to him. And it might have not been the word that he wanted. In fact, I don't think it was. I think the word he was really looking for was, okay, I'm going I'm to remove that thorn right now. Boop. I think that's what he was looking for. That's not what the Lord said. 2 Corinthians 12, 8. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that he might lead me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For powers perfected in weakness. Listen, we can lean on the Lord in our time of difficulty and distress. And the Lord is faithful to speak to us, to comfort us, to bring us hope, and to give us strength. He's faithful. What does it mean, my grace is sufficient? In my vernacular, what it means is, I'm going to get you through what you're going through. I'm going to get you through what you're going through. And I've been around church long enough to see God do this thing over and over and over again. 
I've seen God move in things that I was like, Lord, I do not understand. That's why you're not God, and I am. That's about what he tells me. But how many of you know that God can get you through what you're going through? And somebody here today needs to be encouraged by that to say, listen, I know you're in the deep pit. I know you're in a dark well, but I'm telling you, I can get you out of that. Amen. Somebody needs to do, know that today. Second Corinthians 12, 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For powers perfected in weakness. I want to encourage you to look for God's supernatural power, His supernatural strength. Look for God's hand to be upon you. I believe this, the darker the night, the brighter the light. Come on, that's tweetable right there. Amen? That just rolled off my lips right there. The darker the night, the brighter the light. Where sin abounds, grace abounds. I think, listen, Peter says, when you go through the affliction of suffering, God's power will rest upon you. Amen? So now listen, when you think about it, what keeps God's power from flowing in us? Is it God that he has limited resource? Is it, is it him that has lost power and the ability to empower the church? No, it has nothing to do with him. I tell you, I believe what keeps God's power from flowing in my life is my own pride, my own self-dependency, my own self-sufficiency, my doubt, my unbelief. It's all on me. Amen. But when I go through affliction, all of that stuff starts to die in me. Self-sufficiency, self-dependency, pride. It begins to break in my life. And now I'm in a position to experience the power of God in my life. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? I know that's not what you want to get the power of God in your life, but that's the way that it works. Amen. That's the way that it works. So I want to encourage you. Life's distresses, hardships, and difficulties weaken us in the natural, but they position us to receive a supernatural blessing. Amen. You know, I've talked to people like I remember this couple and they're here in the church. I didn't ask permission to say this, so I won't tell you who they are, but they lost a son, you know, years ago. And I was talking to the, uh, the father and he said, man, he said, I never felt the power and the presence of God like when I went through that time. Now, none of us would like to sign up to go through something like that. But we don't have a choice in the matter. We can't decide what's going to happen or not happen to us. We can't decide living in this fallen world that everything's going to be going good. But listen, tough times come. Difficulties happen. But listen, what I'm trying to encourage you today is that in the middle of your darkness, look up and look for God because God's power is coming into your life. Amen. It's going to meet you right where you are. I believe that. Do y'all believe that? Do you believe that's true? The fourth and final secret to making it through difficult times is this. You got to live with the right attitude. You got to live with the right attitude. And look, look at what Paul said here in verse 9. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions and difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, how could Paul have a thorn in his flesh so bad that he would plead with the Lord to take it out 
and come to the place that he'd say, most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses. How can he come to that place? How can he be so positive about life's hardship? And I think the reason why Paul could have such a great attitude is because he knew that Christ was going to see him through. When you think about Paul, Paul had been through a lot. I mean, he's going through more than the average person goes through life, right? And all for the purpose of serving Jesus. It's not like he was a rebel out there just doing his own thing. He was trying to promote the kingdom of God. And he gets in prison. He gets stoned. He gets shipwrecked. He gets, he gets you know, he's left out in the, in the sea. I mean, he goes through all of this stuff and he says, all things work together to good. I will most gladly, I will rejoice in my weakness. How could he have such an attitude? He got a revelation that Jesus is there. He got a revelation that the Lord is going to get him through what he's going through, that he's going to make it through difficult times, amen? That the Lord is going to make some lemonade out of his lemons, amen? That God is going to somehow get him to fall on his feet regardless of right now, it seems like he's on his back. And sometimes we're, we're hearing the voice of the enemy saying we're not going to make it, we're not going to win, we're going to get defeated, and the Lord is wanting to say, yes, you will make it. Yes, you will make it to the other side, amen? Listen, we can't look at our difficulties as a foe, we need to look at him as our friend because God is going to make good out of him. Amen. Y'all agree with that this morning? And so what you need to know is God designed you. How many believers do we have here today? God designed you to last in the storm. God designed you to make it through the storm. In you is the ability to make it through your storm. And you know, he illustrated it so perfectly when he told that story about the wise man and the foolish man. You know the story well, right? One man built his life, his house, on sand. And one man, the foolish man, or, or the wise man rather, built his house on the rock. Both houses went through the storms of life. The winds blew. The rain came down, Jesus said. This story is in Matthew 7. And he says, the man who built his house on the sand, when the difficulties of life came, his life crumbled. It fell apart. But the wise man that built his house on the rock, and by the way, the rock represents Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock, amen? The rock is the principles of the Word of God. That if you give your heart and your life to Jesus and serve Him, you are going to make it through your difficulties. Do y'all believe that this morning? If you do, would you just help me and just say amen? Once you stand with me, let's close in prayer. I don't know what you're going through this morning. What's your thorn? What's your thorn? What's your affliction? What's your distress? Would you just close your eyes for just a moment? And just think about it. Maybe you don't have any problems this morning. Good for you. Maybe you just came out of the storm. Well, praise God for that. Amen. Maybe right now you just, uh, you just doing really good. Well, just listen to me. That could change in an instant. So remember the words that we're speaking about today, because you will need to know this when you go through your storm. Amen. But what's your thorn today? 
What's your thorn? I want you to just identify it. Remember, Paul was specific. And he said, Lord, would you take this from me? He spoke specifically about, about the thorn. What's your distress? What's, what's discouraging you? What's making your heart heavy? What's causing you to lose your joy and peace in life? Can you just identify that today? And could you just take a moment to just turn to the Lord in faith and in prayer and just say, Jesus, I need your help this morning. I need your help this morning. Come on, just begin to talk to him right now. And just begin, Lord, I need comfort today. I need peace today. I need strength today. Thank you, Father God. Now listen, you know, the Bible says all things work together for the good, but not for everybody. The Bible says all things work together for the good for those who love God and walk according to His purpose. You see, the man that built his his house on the sand is a man that never really surrendered his life to Jesus. And if you hear today and you say, Todd, I'm not sure I'm a Christian. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm ready. If Jesus comes back tonight, I'm not sure that I'm ready to meet him. But would you pray a prayer for me? Because I want to be saved. I don't want to be eternally separated from Jesus. I want my eternity to be secure. I want to just have my name written in the Lamb's book of life. So whenever I get to heaven, my name will be there. If that's you, would you just do me a favor and raise your hand and just let just acknowledge that right here i see your hand listen this is this is not a time to be shy or bashful this is a time to be bold and full of faith right now come on just let me see your hands those of you that say pray that prayer i want to i want to be a christian now listen those of you that have your hands raised i want to just i just want to find out something are you serious about serving the lord are you serious about serving him listen if you are would you do me a favor would you just slip right out of the pew right there and just come meet me right here at the altar. I'm coming down and I want you to just come out and just come meet me right now. Just come on down here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on right down here. The Lord told me there would be people here today that would be ready to surrender their life to Jesus. And I believe you are who he was talking about. Let's come on right down here, sir. Right on down here. There you go. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I know there's more of you. Just come on down. Come on, don't let the enemy steal your your blessing. Don't let the enemy steal your salvation. Don't let the enemy steal your eternity. There you go, ma'am. Thank you for being courageous. Thank you for being bold enough to just stand up right now. Come on, Jesus said, if you will acknowledge me before man, I will acknowledge you before my Father in heaven. Amen. Come on, there's a lot of acknowledgement going on right here. Amen. Now listen, do me a favor. I want to pray a prayer with you, and the only thing I can do is mean it for you. That's your job. Amen? Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much, sweetie. you got to mean that prayer, okay? So would you just do me a favor this morning and just pray this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, I want to go to heaven. I want to live for you. I want my life to be on the rock and not on the sand. I need your help today, and I'm asking you to forgive me for every sin I've committed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being rebellious and turning away from you. But from this day forward, I'm committing my heart to you. I'm committing my life to you. 
because I want to spend eternity with you. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me, for washing me, for purifying me, and giving me the privilege of being one of your children. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus. Come on, say that again. I pray in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Come on, say his name. Jesus. Come on, say his name. Jesus. Jesus. That's who I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve Jesus. Amen. 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 Now listen, the Bible says whenever you pray that prayer, that heaven recognizes it. And heaven rejoices. Amen. And them angels up there already know who you are because they know everybody, right? And so they're recording your name on the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. And so now it's not done yet because now you got to serve him. Amen. So listen, we have a Bible for you if you need it. And uh, I'd like to get your names because we want to pray for you and pray for God to continue to bless your life and just just pour out his grace over you. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. for Let's give them a hand. So can we get some older workers just to come? This is just going to take a second. Come on, let's just give God praise. Thank you. Come on. If heaven can rejoice, so can we. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Thank you. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's worship him. Come on. Come on, you're going to make it. Somebody needs to hear. You're going to make it. You're going to last. You're going to get over to the other side. You're not going to be defeated. You're not going to be defeated. You're going to make it. Amen. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Let me just pray a prayer over you. Father, I pray right now the blessing of the Lord, the favor of the Lord, the grace of the Lord, the touch of God over the house of God. Lord, these are your precious people, and they need your strength. They need your grace. Lord, they need your power. Lord, they need to be encouraged today. And I pray that you would encourage them and that you would strengthen them and that you would just empower them today. Lord, you've called us to outlast our storm. You've called us, God, to make it to the other side. And I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient and the sufficiency of your grace is on this crowd this morning. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. And everybody that agrees shouted and said, Amen. Amen.